it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Undercovered Ops. I am your host, Cody Carpentier. You can find me on Twitter at CarpentierNFL. And today, we're going to be going through the preseason week one recap, talking about every single game, finding those undercovered ops in all these situations, who played in the important opportunities in the first half, who really just played in the fourth quarter when it was all scrubs and they racked up those yards that really don't mean much. But first, Go over to Caesar Sportsbook today, use the promo code UNDERWORLD15 and get yourself in on some of these early season futures and props. And the NFL, the preseason's here. You can start betting on props and games right now or futures. I just went to Canton, Ohio for the Fantasy Football Expo and on my way home, I'm sitting here. I know I probably shouldn't be doing this while I'm driving, but I was scrolling through Caesar Sportsbook trying to find me some futures and I found one that I absolutely love. And that is Will Levis to win the Heisman Trophy. He's got the 16th best odds, which is not great, but you get him at plus 6,000 in right now, and that is going to skyrocket up over the course of the next 30 days. Plus 6,000, 16th overall. That is in the same range as Stetson Bennett, Braylon Allen, the running back from Wisconsin. Stetson Bennett's the quarterback from Georgia. KJ Jefferson, the quarterback from Arkansas. If you go to playerprofile.com today, go to the article section, you can see my intro to the 2023 NFL draft class. I did the quarterbacks last week, and Will Levis was my quarterback one. And I talked about this on Instagram. You can go check it out on Instagram, Player Profiler. Will Levis will be the quarterback one in the 2023 NFL draft class. The mainstream media gets it wrong a lot. And right now it's C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud has played with, well, by the time he graduates, have played with five first-round wide receivers, a five-star running back, as well as playing really like he, he doesn't do a lot on the ground. He looks like Teddy Bridgewater. Bryce Young, under 200 pounds in Alabama, the most talented quarterback we've seen in a couple years, but he's under 200 pounds. And there's only six players in the player profiler database under 200 pounds at quarterback. And the best one? is Doug Flutie. So go over to Caesar Sportsbook today. Use a promo code UNDERWORLD15 and get a first bet insurance up to $1,500. Heisman Trophy winner Will Levis at plus 6000 Hammer it. Now let's get started on talking about the games and what actually matters. Arizona versus Cincinnati. Let's start out here. Darrell Williams did not play, nor did James Conner. Eno Benjamin played the entire first half. Jonathan Ward played the second quarter. Keontae Ingram didn't play until the third quarter, and TJ Pledger played in the fourth quarter. That gives me security that Darrell Williams is the number two guy, which we talked about last week. Keontae Ingram is getting pushed out, pushed out, pushed out. Now behind Jonathan Ward, it's James Conner, it's Darrell Williams as the handcuff to him, and Eno Benjamin is going to be playing that Chase Edmonds role in 2022. Now in Cincinnati, who Arizona played against, Joe Mixon did not play, nor did Samaj P. Ryan. Chris Evans and Travion Williams split carries, split opportunities, split time. Evans had eight carries for minus three yards. Williams had six carries for 14 yards. 
Evans, if you're just scoreboard watching or you just box score scouting, eight carries for minus three yards, you're thinking, damn, this is some Ronald Jones type shit right here. No, 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 no. Chris Evans had a five-yard touchdown called back for a hold, a 12-yard carry called back for a hold, a 60-yard carry held back for a hold, and he did have a 41-yard kick return. Chris Evans is at number three right now, hands down, ahead of Travion Williams. However, I think in short due time, he'll be a Samaj P. Ryan. I think they're just rolling with Samaj because he's been the vet. He's been there. And Zach Taylor, quite frankly, he, he's not on the McVay, the Shanahan levels. So he's not going to be making the right decisions, unfortunately. Let's move on to Atlanta and Detroit. It's going to be a fast episode today. Rat-a-tat-tat going team by team here. The Atlanta Falcons, Cordero Patterson took the first snap. This is a very interesting one here. Cordero Patterson took the first snap. Damian Williams took the first carry. Marcus Mariota scored the first rushing touchdown. Avery Williams took the first target and reception. Cadre Allison and Caleb Huntley took first half carries. Desmond Ritter led the team in rushing yards. And Tyler, that was all before Tyler Algier touched the ball. He was the last running back to touch the ball. That's Patterson, Damian Williams, Avery Williams, Cadre Allison, Caleb Huntley, six running backs, plus Ritter and Marcus Mariota all touched the ball before Tyler Elgier. Not a good sign for the rookie out of BYU. Do I think that means it's the end-all be No. I still think Elgier is going to make the squad, probably ahead of Allison and Huntley, but it does not look good for the first preseason game. Elgier has a little bit of ways to go. Plus, we're talking about this Atlanta offense not being on the, the level that we want to see, right? You're not going to have a team that's going to win seven, eight, nine, ten games, which that's not even great anyway, but it's going to be more of a 2-3 win team. You're not going to want the running back on that squad. Detroit played Atlanta. DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams played the first drive. That's it. Craig Williams came. Craig Reynolds came in late first quarter to the mid-third quarter. How long he played three carries for 13 yards, two receptions, and five yards. While Craig was in, the only other running back that touched the ball was Jamar Jefferson. He played from the early second to the late third. Nine carries, 19 yards, and one reception for three yards. So after Swift's and so after Swift and Jamal, it's Craig Reynolds and Jamar Jefferson. Craig Reynolds, obviously, they talked about over the last few weeks. And Jamar has has grown up a little bit, but still is is, is mediocre at best. Now, Godwin Igwegabuki, who we saw carries last year, didn't touch the ball until way late in this game, as well as Justin Jackson. Both guys didn't touch the ball until the fourth quarter. One of, those, one of them is probably going to get cut. We saw Dan Campbell talk about Justin Jackson just being a camp body. It's looking like it's going to be Swift, Jamal, Craig Reynolds, and Jamar Jefferson as the four running backs in Detroit for the 2022 season. Moving on to Baltimore versus Tennessee. Baltimore, J.K. Dobbins did not play. Gus Edwards did not play. He was on the pup. Mike Davis started the game. He had five carries for 22 yards and touchdown. Looks like he's being plugged in as the number three. He kind of fits that same body mold as Dobbins and Gus Edwards. Five carries, 22 yards, and a touchdown. Now, after that is where it gets interesting right everyone wants to say oh justice hill i'm a truther for justice hill or tyler batty's the next guy or whatever you think about name mccrary it's justice hill who was next off the bench second off the bench behind mike davis three carries 11 yards and then tyler batty came off tyler Beatty, batty whatever you want to call him come off the, he came off the bench third after hill and before nate mccrary now at wide receiver it was rashad bateman devin duvernay james prochet all did not play Tylen Wallace was the only wide receiver that played only the first quarter. So that obviously puts Tylen Wallace in that number four spot as expectation. When you're talking about guys like Benjamin Victor, Josh Moore, Makai Polk, those guys played first quarter through the third quarter. Tylen Wallace is the number four behind Bateman, Duvernay, and Prochet per expectation. 
Shamar Bridges was the most productive wide receiver, four for 62 in a touchdown. Shamar Bridges came out of nowhere. Obviously, we talked about him last week, but Shamar is making a case to jump over the guys of Ben Victor, Josh Moore, Makai Polk. He looks very good. Isaiah Likely, the last man standing at tight end. We talked about this as well. Charlie Kohler did not play. Neither did Nick Boyle or Mark Andrews. Likely entered the game before Josh Oliver and only played in the first half. Oliver played the whole entire game. Likely is moving up very fast. Four receptions, 44 yards on four targets. He looked great for the Baltimore Ravens. Expect him to be ahead of Kohler and moving up essentially past Boyle. Boyle's going to play a lot just because he's a veteran and he's a great blocker. But next to Andrews, it's going to be Isaiah Likely. And with the receiving core being what it is, which is Duvernay and Prochet outside of Bateman, you could see Isaiah Likely being very beneficial if anything happens, if there's any kind of nicks to Mark Andrews, if there's any kind of nicks to any of these other wide receivers, we've known Baltimore likes to use three tight ends when they can. So look for Likely to take that step up as well. In Tennessee, Julius Chestnut, one of the trending players on Player Profiler right now is Julius Chestnut, top five. He currently still has no ADP on player profiler, 216 uh, via underdog. He started this game with Henry and Hilliard out. They did not play. Seven carries, 44 yards, one target, one reception, 12 yards. Then Jordan Wilkins entered. But yesterday, Jordan Wilkins was cut. Jordan Wilkins is no longer on the Tennessee Titans. It's Julius Chestnut who started with Henry and Hilliard out. And then Hassan Haskins entered at the end of the first quarter, played all the way through the end of the fourth quarter. So with Wilkins gone, it looks like it's Julius Chestnut, Derrick Henry, Dontrell Hilliard, and Hassan Haskins. It obviously felt like Jordan Wilkins was probably the odd guy out. If they keep four backs, which it looks like they will, Chestnut Haskins are going to be the two guys that play for the number three spot behind Hilliard and Henry. And you can do a lot worse than two 230-pound backs backing up Derrick Henry. I love what Tennessee's doing with Chestnut, Haskins, and Henry. This is going to be uh, a team that's just going to grind and grind and grind and grind on opponents. And we got to thank our sponsor, Sleeper. Go over to sleeper.com today. Use the promo code UNDERWORLD to start up new leagues. You start up a new league on Sleeper. I've been drafting more and more on Sleeper. The Podfathers talked about it. We moved a lot of leagues from my fantasy league to Sleeper. We're starting to move everything to Sleeper because Sleeper is the number one platform for dynasty leagues, the number one platform for seasonal leagues, for mock drafts, for everything. I've been running mock drafts on other sites for the last couple of years for Player Profiler. Everything's moving to Sleeper because Sleeper's platform is so much smoother, so much cleaner, so much easier to use. It's not even close. I can start up a draft, I can send out links, and I can get a draft started within minutes. On other sites, it takes hours. On Sleeper, it takes minutes to send a link, to join a league, and to start drafting. Go over to Sleeper.com today. Use that promo code UNDERWORLD to get a deposit match up to $100. They have a lot of games as well. They're going to be launching more and more games as the season gets closer. And this is the only fantasy website right now that is adding new features and creating more usability to it and to make the platform that much easier for the user. And that is what is important Again, sleeper.com, use that promo code UNDERWORLD. Let's move on to the Buffalo Bills and the Indianapolis Colts. Buffalo's pretty straight and simple. Singletary did not play. Zach Moss started. He played the entire first quarter, had three carries for 37 yards and two receptions for just five yards. James Cook, however, finished series number one and then left during the second drive. Three carries, five yards, one reception for five yards receiving. Cook looks to be that satellite guy. Zach Moss looks like he's going to get maybe... 10 to 20 percent 
of that first and second down carry work outside of Singletary. And then Cooks looks like he's probably going to be in the third down uh, and, and pass receiving back. But again, that's not going to do a lot for you. You're not going to get the Camara. You're not going to get quite the Camara usage that we expected, like where it's going to be like Camara and Ingram. It's not going to be Cook and Singletary. It's not going to quite even out that way in year one, especially. I think Cook needs to add a little bit of weight and kind of just get accustomed to running between the tackles in the NFL. He's going to he's going to excel very much in the slot and outside, but uh, it's 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 going to be slow cooking, I think, from the running back position. Indianapolis, however, Naheem Hines playing in that role. He started the game. Jonathan Taylor did not play, and the clear running back three is Phillip Lindsay. Five carries, 24 yards, and three targets. He came first off the bench. That's the only one you really need to worry about. Deion Jackson is also there. Isaiah Ford was cut on Tuesday, and Mike Strawn returned to practice, and he looked very well in 7-on-7 and 11-on-11 practice. Michael Pittman, Paris Campbell, and Alec Pierce were the three starters during the game against Buffalo, and Ashton Doolin entered, but not until the second quarter. I'm not really worried about that. I think I just want to put Pierce out, Pierce out there and see him get work early on, but it is to note Doolin did not enter until the second quarter. Carolina versus Washington. Baker Mayfield played the first drive of the game. He went four for seven, 45 yards. It looks like he will be the starter to start the NFL season unless something else happens. Four for seven, 45 yards. His his targets all went to Shai Smith for 19 yards, Giovanni Ricci, five yards, a deep incompletion to Robbie Anderson, Shai Smith, 15 yards, an incomplete pass over the middle, and an incomplete pass to Brandon Zilstra. Shai Smith started with Robbie Anderson and Rashard Higgins at wide receiver. Obviously, DJ Moore did not play. Smith caught two of Mayfield's four completions on the day. He went two for 34 with zero touchdowns. His other three targets, he had five targets in the day. They were all incompletions. Two came from Walker. One came from Darnold. Now on the other side of the ball, the Washington Commanders. To me, this game really just says one thing. It's a matter of time before Sam Howell is ahead of Taylor Heineke and is the starter when things go south in Washington. I don't have high expectations for Washington in 2022. Um, Nine for 16, 145 yards in the air. 3-for-19 and two touchdowns on the ground for Sam Howell, the rookie. The first quarterback with over 150 total yards since Dak Prescott at the quarterback position. Moving on to Chicago versus Kansas City. Chicago, David Montgomery did not play. Khalil Herbert started and played all of the first quarter. Tristan Ebner came in the second quarter and played all the way through the early part of the fourth quarter, but he played after Khalil Herbert. Darrington Evans played in the end of the second and the third quarter. After Tristan Ebner at wide receiver, Darnell Mooney, Equinamia St. Brown, and Tajay Sharp got the starts. Valus Jones and Byron Pringle did not play. It looks like Pringle is playing ahead of Tajay Sharp currently, but Tajay Sharp had a great game, and Valus Jones returned to practice on Tuesday. On the other side of the ball, Kansas City, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire played the first drive, two carries, six yards, zero targets. Isaiah Pacheco did get a lot of the buzz, though he didn't do very much. He played part of the first drive in the rest of the first quarter. Two carries, six yards, and one target. Over the last two weeks, he's jumped 32 spots on underdog. Use that promo code UNDERWORLD to get a deposit match bonus up to $100. Up 32 spots to 167. That puts him over 200, now all the way up to 167. One of the biggest risers on underdog, the 5'10", 216-pound seventh-round pick out of Rutgers. Isaiah Pacheco is a certified dog. Jerick McKinnon had one snap in this game, and Ronald Jones played the second and third quarters. He did not play in the first quarter. He played in the second quarter and the third, four carries for minus one yard. At the wide receiver position, is a very interesting thing to note here. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Juju Smith-Schuster, and McCole Hardman were the starting wide receivers. Sky Moore was not next off of the bench. It was Justin Watson. 
Justin Watson, one of the Podfathers' all-time truthers next to Jeff Janis, five catches, 45 yards, and a touchdown as the fourth wide receiver in Kansas City. Sky Moore was next, three receptions, 23 yards, followed by Doris Fountain, three for 24. Watson, Moore, and Fountain played the first half, but not the second half. It's good to note because Josh Gordon is working as number seven right now, and Corey Coleman and Cornell Powell are working also for the wide receiver seven position next to Josh Gordon. Powell, out of those three guys, had four targets, three receptions, and 10 yards. Looks like Powell will be pushing for the number seven spot, but that doesn't really matter because teams tend to roll with six. If they do roll with a seventh, it'll be very interesting to see what Kansas City does. Given Cornell Powell's lack of athleticism, Josh Gordon's you know history, it looks like he's a little bit kind of post-obviously opportunity. But Corey Coleman looks like if he has any burst at all, they might hold on to him. It's be very interesting. But to note, Justin Watson looks like he will be making this roster and currently working as a number four ahead of Sky Moore, which is really weird to see in a game. Though Sky Moore we've seen out of the backfield at receiver, I think that's more of just an opportunity stand and just, just being a veteran and getting more opportunities for Justin Watson. Now on to the Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Cleveland Browns. Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb did not play. Dearness Johnson played the first and second drive. Next off the bench was not Jerome Ford. It was actually Josh Kelly from the University of Tennessee. He's been in the league for a handful of years playing for the Rams. He came in the third drive and played all the way through the end of the game. He had 10 carries, 20 yards, two receptions, and 14 but the player to note was Jerome Ford out of the University of Cincinnati. In the second half, was all him. Second half was all him. Obviously, we talked about this at the beginning. We want to know who's playing early on against the starters and who's playing late. Jerome Ford didn't play till the second half, but he had 10 carries, 57 yards, and a touchdown. Four receptions, 45 yards, and a touchdown. So a big game with over 100 yards and two touchdowns for Jerome Ford, the rookie out of Cincinnati. The interesting thing I want to see this week is will Ford be jumping Josh Kelly in the pecking order for week two in the preseason? Because Jerome Ford, like I talked about earlier this offseason on the early riser, is that Jerome Ford should be the reason that Kareem Hunt does not make this team and gets cut or traded. I don't think he's going to get cut. But if he gets traded, it'll be because Jerome Ford takes the next step up. I think Jerome Ford is working on doing that just as we speak. In Jacksonville, Travis Etienne, he started this game. James Robinson did not play, so Snoop Connor was RB2 entering late in the first quarter. Seven carries, 21 yards, and two targets. Ryquel COVID Armstead started the second half. Five carries for 17 yards. He looks like he is back to full health. You love to see that after a tough 2021 season for Ryquel Armstead. Evan Ingram looks like a running back. He looks like he is... Smaller than Derrick Henry, which he is, uh, but he looked very good. He came out of the backfield and caught a touchdown and ran it in uh, inside the 10-yard line. Ingram looks like he's going to be used around this offense quite a bit. Chris Mannerts, the unathletic big donkey from Carolina, started with Evan Ingram. Luke Farrell entered the game all ahead of Dan Arnold, who was the fourth tight end to touch the field in Jacksonville, which is interesting because we've seen a lot on Twitter over the last few weeks how Doug Peterson loves him some Dan Arnold. Now, does he actually love him some Dan Arnold, or is he trying to pump him up to trade him? It's very interesting because generally when you pump somebody up to trade them, you'd put them in the game and let them you know, get used. So then that makes you think, well, maybe he wants to trade Mannerts or Luke Farrell and keep Dan Arnold in wraps because Dan Arnold was the fourth player to touch the field at the tight end position. It was very interesting to see. Got to keep my eye on that going forward. Denver. Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon did not play, but Mike Boone is the clear-cut RB3. He's supposedly north of 210 pounds on 215-pound range. If he is, 
that's going to be a very good piece to own in Dynasty because Javante, we always we also we already saw Gordon go down with an injury. He's coming back as we speak. But if it's just Javante and Gordon misses any time, Mike Boone is going to be that guy that gets 20% with Javante. Boone's going to be very, very effective on your fantasy team. Max Borgie looks like he's going to be the team's fourth running back. He plays a lot of special teams. He played all the second quarter, came out while Hardy, Jaquan Hardy, and Stevie Scott played in the fourth quarter with the running back position. Max Borgie obviously caught 80 receptions in college at Washington State. At wide receiver, Cortland Sutton, K.J. Hamler, Jerry Judy did not play. Those are the top three wide receivers. Kendall Hinton, Brandon Johnson, and Montrell Washington started while Seth Williams came in the second drive. Had four receptions, 29 yards, and a touchdown in just one and a half quarters of play. Keep stashing Seth Williams. I talked about this last week. In the deepest of leagues you have, 40-plus man rosters, make sure you're stashing Seth Williams. If you didn't hear that episode, go back. It's a 10-minute episode on the Player Profiler YouTube channel. Subscribe, like below, and go back and watch that video. Seth Williams, 4 for 29 and one touchdown, just a quarter and a half of play. At tight end, it's very interesting to know that Albert Oikuibunam did not start. Eric Tomlinson and Andrew Beck began the game from the tight end position, and Oikuibunam continued to leave the field anytime that Beck came in to play fullback. They don't trust Albert Oikuibunam in the blocking, and Greg Dulcich didn't even play. So it's going to be very interesting to see how they use Oikuibunam, if they push him out to the slot a little, little bit more, but he clearly is not in their intentions when they're running the ball with two tight end sets. Eric Tomlinson and Andrew Beck were used in those scenarios. Green Bay versus San Francisco. A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones did not play, so it was Tyler Goodson who played the entire first half. 12 carries, 37 yards. Two receptions, 24 yards from the University of Iowa. Goodson looks to be that RB3 that Kylan Hill was kind of dreaming of taking on after he came out of college in 2021. At the wide receiver position, it was Juwan Winfrey and Romeo Dubs that started. Winfrey, three for 27, zero touchdowns on three targets. Samori Torre, three receptions, 42 yards on four targets. Romeo Dubs, three for 45, a touchdown on seven targets. He had multiple drops. He did have a touchdown, but again, talked about this before. He's okay. He makes a couple nice plays. He's okay. You guys need to relax. Dubs is making plays. I'm respecting him. Three for 45 on a touchdown is respectable on seven targets, however. You gotta have you, he had multiple plays, hit him in the hands, dropped it, hit him in the hands, bobbled it, hit him in the hands. The cornerback pulled it away from him. A lot of lot of things that can be fixed with Romeo Dobbs. He's gonna be a starter. He's likely to, to be you know important in this offense, but El Lazard is still gonna be that guy. Robert Tyne is still gonna be back, and Aaron Jones will also be there as well. And you also see Winfrey and Samari Torre getting those opportunities. So Dobbs, you know, as good as you guys think he is, Jordy Nelson level, Devontae Adams, all this bullshit. Slow the roll on Dubs. Both Winfrey and Dubs only played the first half. Amari Rogers might be the biggest note of this game. He played into the fourth quarter, and that was when he caught his only football on the day. San Francisco, Elijah Mitchell, and Jeff Wilson did not play. Those are your top two dogs. I'm still drafting Jeff Wilson as much as I can in all these best ball drafts, whether it be on underdog or on sleeper. I love Jeff Wilson, and, and that's because you're going to get a couple games out of him. You're going to give him the dead last round, and you're going to get a couple opportunities where he could spike for an 18-22 to 22 point game. Trey Sermon is the RB3, six carries, 11 yards, and one target. He left in the middle of the second quarter. Tyrion Davis-Price entered in the second quarter, and Jordan Mason played one, one drive. He led the team in rushing 
One drive, the last drive of the game, six carries, 30 yards, all in the fourth quarter. Like I said, Jordan Mason, slow your roll. Four running backs, Mitchell, Wilson, Sermon, TDP, and Michael Hasty all worked ahead of him. Mason, if anything, is going to be cut and then brought back uh, for the taxi squad. At wide receiver, Danny Gray, the speed burner, entered as the fourth wide receiver for the San Francisco 49ers, sixth overall uh, behind Ayuk and Debo. Two for 99 and touchdown with a 76-yard touchdown catch from Trey Lance. He will jump Malik Turner going forward and be the wide receiver five, competing with Ray Ray McLeod, who likes to be used all over the formation behind Debo. Danny Gray's the burner. You got a burner in Danny Gray. You got a Brandon Ayuk, a guy that can do a lot of things, and you got Debo who can do everything. They're opening up another phase to this offense. You had the big body in Juwan Jennings, but they never had that true burner last year like Danny Gray is doing. And, and that 76-yard connection from Trey Lance shows you exactly what San Francisco has in store. Houston versus Tennessee. The starters for Houston. I'm going to roll right through them. Davis Mills, 3 for 3, 14 yards. Marlon Mack, 3 carries, 6 yards. Daria Gumbawale was the satellite back, 1 carry, 8 yards with 1 target. Nico, nothing. Farrell Brown, nothing. Chris Conley, two for six with two targets. And Brevin Jordan, one for seven on one target. Damian Pierce started the second quarter, five for 49 as the clear RB2 behind Marlon Mack. That's okay from where we're at right now because he put on Marlon Mack, three for six in the first quarter. Damian Pierce, five for 49 in the second quarter. Pierce can start chipping away at Marlon Mack. In New Orleans, Kamara and Ingram did not play. Dwayne Washington was the RB3, the only running back not to play in the second half. For New Orleans, Tony Jones, Abram Smith, and Divino Zigbo did play in the second half. Abram not entering until after Divino Zigbo leaves me with no more interest in Abram Smith from Baylor, the short guy with, with the little Burger King hands. I'm not really interested in Abram anymore. He's got the smallest hands on playerprofiler.com. He had seven carries for 30 yards and three targets. Oh, well. Oh, well. Olave and Marquez Callaway started two drives, and then they were done. Traquan Smith, Deontay Hardy, and Kirk Merritt were working for that 5-6 spot. And then Kevin White, uh, he's still a ways down that list past those guys, but it's looking like it's Michael Thomas, Landry, Olave Callaway, and then it's Traquan, Deontay, and Kirk working for that 5-6 spot. The Minnesota Vikings, Ty Chandler impressed, but he's not only in the backfield. He impressed on the kick return. He had a 50-plus yard kick return. He's more effective in the rushing game and the pass-catching game than Kenny Wangu. Wangu's a great returner, but not on Chandler's level at the running back position. It looks like it's going to be Cook, Madison, Chandler, and Wangu's going to have to carve out a role. If they want to hold four running backs, they will, but they're going to have C.J. Ham in this offense. That's going to make five guys. Typically, they carry three running backs and Ham. I could see them moving on from Iwangu. I could also see them trading or, or doing something with Madison, given that he is a free agent after the 2022 season. That'd be Cook, Chandler, and Iwangu. I would lean towards probably cutting Iwangu or trading Madison as those two things. That also means Bryant Kobach will be a cut candidate and unlikely to be bank it back to the taxi squad as uh, he was a pretty sought-after undrafted free agent. The Los Angeles Chargers, Joshua Kelly started Larry Roundtree entered the next play and both exited when Isaiah Spiller entered in the second quarter. So they're both clearly running ahead of Isaiah Spiller at the moment. Spiller had a couple of nice plays, but again, you're not playing against the starters. I want to see it against the starters before I see people tweeting out some four-yard gains. Miami versus Tampa. Leonard Fournette did not play. Giovanni Bernard started. Keyshawn Vaughn entered as the RB3. 
And our boy Rashad White was the RB4 who entered midway through the second quarter. He had seven carries, 32 yards, and three targets. Vaughn, 10 for 19 and a touchdown. Two receptions, 22 yards on two targets. In Miami, Jared Dokes and Zaquandre White will be cut. Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert did not play. It's going to be Sonny Michelle, Selvin Ahmad, and Miles Gaskin splitting the way for that you know, three, four, five spots. They're probably going to end up carrying five running backs as they do in San Francisco usually. Um, if not, one of these guys is going to get cut. And if it is, it's probably going to end up being Selvin Ahmed as the number five odd man out. New England versus the Giants. We're almost done here. Only a couple more teams to run through really quickly here. The Patriots and the Giants. Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, and Ty Montgomery did not play. J.J. Taylor started and was the RB1. Kevin Harris versus Pierre Strong for that RB5 role. Looks like what it's going to end up being. Kevin Harris, 6 for 9 on a touchdown. Pierre Strong, 6 for 25. Looking forward to that competition in the coming weeks. Saquon played one drive, had four carries, 13 yards, one reception, eight yards. He's going to be the everything in this offense, it looks like. Breida didn't play. Brightwell, then Corbin, next in line at the running back position. And at tight end, it was Daniel Bellinger who got the start. And you'd love to see it because I think that guy could be potentially the tight end one from the rookie class in 2022. With the New York Jets, Jeff Smith and Tariq Black. Tariq Black, Michigan, Texas, former Debbie star, working ahead of Denzel Mims at the wide receiver 5-6 spot. However, Mims did outproduce Black despite him starting over Mims. Two for 25 and five targets for Mims, all coming from Mike White. Black had an incomplete target from Mike White as well. Black entered the end of the first quarter. Mims didn't enter until the end of the second quarter. However, Philadelphia, Jalen Ragger started with Quez and A.J. Brown over Zach Pascal. Pascal did finish with two receptions, 41 yards on four targets. And finally, last but not least, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Benny Snell and Najee Harris did not play. Snell's a little banged up. Najee, obviously, the, the workhorse, the dog in Pittsburgh. Anthony McFarland started and was the only other running back to play in the first quarter. But the big news, the big news coming out of Pittsburgh this weekend was one Jalen Warren, the running back from the University of Oklahoma State, 5'8", 207 pounds, best comparable to... No, no, no. Cover your eyes. Cover your ears. Cover your ears. Cover your ears. D'Angelo Henderson. D'Angelo Henderson. Jalen Warren, however, should beat out Benny Snell by the end of camp. Jalen Warren finished his workout with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Six carries, 34 yards, five targets, four receptions, 30 yards, and a touchdown for Pittsburgh Steelers. He looks to be filling in right in that spot. 256 carries, 1,200 yards, and 11 touchdowns with the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Jalen Warren is your stash of the week on Undercovered Ops for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Go grab him in as many places as you can because he's better than Benny Snell and Anthony McFarland.